The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for joining us today. As we jump into the Word of God here in just a moment on this Wednesday, we're glad you're with us, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to be in the Word of God and to join us as we work verse by verse, section by section through the book of 1 Peter. And I hope today will be an encouragement to you as well. I would invite you to tonight, our midweek service. Uh, Midweek service starts at 7 o'clock. We have an adult Bible study, and it is very different than our more our Sunday worship services. It is simply a Bible study. We go through a topic or we go through a book of the Bible and we discuss it. We teach it. We ask questions. It gives you a chance to ask questions. Very casual. If you want to just sit and watch, you can do that as well. But that's tonight, 7 o'clock. If you're local, we'd love to have you join us or watch us online. Uh, either way, uh, we do have youth group that goes at the same time, kids club, nursery. It's really set up to be a great ministry and discipleship time for every aspect of the family. So we would invite you to come and join us. No pressures. Just come and relax and uh, hopefully be encouraged by God's Word. That starts tonight at 7 o'clock. We are today in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. Yesterday we mentioned kind of this foundational thing about the gospel. And we understand this, that the gospel, and we talk about the uniqueness of the gospel and uniqueness over all the other different religions and all the other things. But please remember, from Old Testament to New Testament, from the um, Revelation, everything points back to Jesus, points to the gospel. Genesis, Exodus, and all the passages we can look at, look ahead. The temple, the tabernacle, all these things look ahead to the gospel. It all really is centered in that. And so we look at That's why it's unique. The whole Bible really points to Jesus, points to that. And so now that we understand this premise, this is the gospel, the foundational uh, truths that we looked at yesterday, now there's some very practical, what do I do with this information? How do I respond? How do I live is really the good question for today. So uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, we mentioned this is one of the more popular passages, especially to be preached on, and, and for good reason. Uh, let me encourage you that we can go one or two extremes on these passages. And so uh, don't just jump to what you think is going to be said. Let's just take a minute and study this and just kind of keep an open mind as we dig into what God has for us here. Verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, sometimes we immediately look to those last two verses talking about holiness. And we are to be holy because God is holy. And we look at that. Now, here's the first comment that I've often heard people say. They say something like this. God is perfect. God is impeccable. There is God cannot sin. God did not sin. And so because of that, of course he's holy. I can never be that. So because I can never be as good as God or as Jesus was on the earth, then I'm not going to try. It's impossible. Well, first of all, to not, to, to not try to be holy and to try to grow in Christ, well, it's just complete disobedience to what we see here. 
but also to assume that that holiness demands that we are just like Jesus all the time is impossible. While he was 100% human, he was 100% God. He had something we don't. So, you know, he's told us in 1 John uh, 1, 8 and 10, it talks about if we claim that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. There is nowhere where God states we don't have sin. Then we say, well, then I just need to have all these lists of standards and things of that nature. Uh, let me encourage you, don't come to this passage at either one of those extremes. I can never get there, and so therefore I'm not going to try. Or so now I need to be super spiritual in all of my actions and, and just you know separate myself from anything in the world at all and only ever wear a suit and only go to church. Though that's not either one of those is not what's being said. You need to really grab the entire context. And this is a problem. A lot of people like to yank one verse out and just kind of go with it. We need to understand the context. So let's read the context and, and unpack this. And then we get to these verses. I think we'll get a, a biblical understanding of what's being said there. And, and, and it is a challenge to us. He says in verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we know we're going through battles. We know we're going through trials. We know we're going through rough times. And he ends with, hey, there's a hope. There's a hope coming at Jesus. There's, revel there's grace coming. So we look to the end. We look to hope. We look to what God has promised in his word about what's ahead of us. But until that comes, what do we do? He says in the first part, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, what in the world is he saying that? Now, obviously, this is very much a Bible time phrase. In the biblical times when they would go to war, uh, the men all wore robes. It, the, the, the garments of the day were robes. Men and women all wore robes. The way you could tell the difference was um, the, the, some robes were, had a different color and a different cut, and that helped you to distinguish from a difference if that was a male or female, because a lot of times the men had longer hair too. So from behind, you look from a distance, is that a male or female? Well, the way their robes were cut, the colors they would wear, things of like that, we would distinguish the gender there. Um, so he, these men would go to battle, and a lot of times the robes were complicated to run in. So what they would do is they would take the excess of this robe and tuck it into a sash or a belt they'd wear around. They would gird it up, the, that's how they would say. They'd pull it up so it would be out of their way. Basically, they would prepare themselves for battle, um, get rid of the excess, get rid of all these other things, and, and kind of control the elements they can control in their clothing in battle. Gird up the loins of your mind, the loins, all these things. Be careful to protect your mind. Be careful to make sure that your mind is something that you're using and not necessarily overwhelming you. You know, be careful that you're not driven by the emotions. You're not driven by what you think to be logic. Gird up the loins of your mind. You know, he tells us in Corinthians, um, keep all your thoughts, bring all your thoughts into captivity. We could talk a lot. Philippians, let uh, think on these things. There's a lot what the Bible tells us about our thinking. And because the fact is your thinking, all your, excuse me, phrases, your actions are always preceded by your thinking. You will do what you've thought on. You will Believe what you've thought on, what you've dreamt out are things of that nature, or what you've convinced yourself. Something can, can convince your mind, your actions follow in that as they should. My beliefs establish my convictions. It's the way it is. But he's, be careful in these end days that we don't get overwhelmed. We don't get nervous. We, we don't become consumed with the everything going on in our mind. Be careful that we gird it up. We protect. We are careful that we don't let our minds roam to places that we know are not right. The lies that Satan puts there, the lies we believe about ourselves and about the world. And if we're not careful, our minds can be consumed with things that are wrong, things that are foolish, and I'm telling you, it can overwhelm us. Please understand, that doesn't mean, well, if I gird it up, I'll never struggle, I'll never have anxiety, I'll never have depression, I'll never have any of these things. It's not what it means. We know they're going to be there. We live in a stressful time. We can't eliminate stress. 
God is not saying he's going to let me stress. He's just going to give you the strength to go through the stress. But we can't allow our minds um, just kind of randomly go. Be careful where we allow our minds to go. And he goes, and, and he goes be sober. Here's another thing. Be aware. It's simply what it means. Not to be drunk, to be sober. Be aware of what's going on. Be aware of the reality of the truth. Be aware of what's happening in our culture today. Be aware of what the Bible says and that God is there and he's directing us. Let our minds be sober. Let our minds be guarded is a great way to put it. In, in Proverbs, the Bible tells us, and guard your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart with all diligence because everything that you believe about your life is going to come from your heart or your mind. So we're to guard it, protect it, and that's what he's telling us to do there. Then he says in verse 14, as obedient children, not fashioning ourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, not living and acting the way we did before we came to Jesus. It made sense to act that way. We didn't have Jesus. We weren't saved. That's how we lived. We lived in the ignorance that we did not have Jesus. We did not know the truth. We did not know what the Bible says. We're not to live that way anymore. There should be a new. He says in Corinthians, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become or becoming new. You can't say, I'm growing in Christ and live the way you did before Christ. He's saying, don't do that. We're to fashion ourselves as obedient children to God, not the way the world does. It makes sense the world's like that. They will be different. We are to be unique. I don't mean weird, but there's a distinction because I no longer live with the emptiness the world offers. I no longer live with the emptiness and the depravity that the world, because they don't have an answer. I live in, in love, in, in light and relationship with God. It changes everything. I'm not saying we, okay, now we never do anything in the world and all we can do is church. There are some people who go too far with this, I believe. But I hope we understand that there is this extreme where we can't do anything but you know sit home and read our Bible 24-7 and the other extreme where I can go out and live in sin. There is a balance in the middle where I obey God and yet enjoy the things that God has given us. And I have liberty in that area. But I do it when I know that I'm still in obedience to Christ. But then he tells us in the last couple of verses, but as he which has called you is holy, this is God, be holy in all manner of conversation. Of lifestyle, that word means, because as it is written, be holy for I am holy. Now, we have to understand the word holy does not mean really, really super spiritual. The word holy means set apart. That's all it means. There's a distinction. When you look at something, when you, 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 know, when, when you get food, you get, maybe you have dessert, you set it aside. You don't want the meal to touch the dessert because you want that dessert to be really make sure it never touches the potatoes or anything, right? That's dessert. That's set apart. Um, you do those kind of things. You, you set things apart. So to make sure they don't touch, they don't intermingle, we are to be set apart from this world. And by the way, that, that means we're not to be isolated from this world. Too many times, based upon this, what we've done is we've isolated ourselves in the world. We have gotten so isolated and so, well, that's the only word, so isolated in our churches and even Christian schools and things of that nature, and, and we separate ourselves and we're holy and we do all, that's what we're trying to say. We are no longer influencing the world that God says, excuse me, Excuse me, we are the light and salt of the earth. And we're no longer influencing the world because we're too set apart. We're set apart in the decisions we make. We're set apart in how we rear our kids and how we live and, and that we go to church and we're, we're not ashamed of any of that. But we still are not, that doesn't mean we're isolated from the world. We are to be distinct from the world, but in that distinction, help the world see that there is something better that they can't see outside of Jesus. You see, if all I do is just live the world as any way anyone else is, then I, I'm, in, I'm ineffective in my influence. At the same case, if I am so what I would consider super spiritual that I, I feel like I'm better or I look like I'm better than everyone else, then I also lose my influence. We're normal. 
but we are distinct. There is something unique in us that the world is seeking for. They don't even know what they're seeking for, and that's what God's encouraging us. It is a challenge. Please understand, this is more than just being set apart. It is an aspect of striving to be in obedience to God, to follow Him. And as the world gets darker, these things get clearer. And again, we're not better than the world. We're not judging the world. We're just, we're just living in a way in obedience to Jesus so that we can have his blessing, that we can just honor him in what we're doing. And that's what he's challenging us to do. There is a distinction, but what we were before we got saved to today. And it's, it's some of it, as we grow in Christ, it's our decision. What will I do with what I have been given and what I know? Knowledge of the Bible is limited if it doesn't compel me to action. My mind should be guarded with the truths of the Word of God so that it compels me in my action. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday morning, taking a few minutes out of your day to spend time in God's Word. I greatly appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Hope this is a help and hope it challenges us and encourages reminds you that God loves you. He's working on, on, on your behalf and strives to do great things in your life. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow.